Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Bruce Dabosky. Bruce, are you ready to do this? I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Bruce is a philanthropic strategist. He is a nationally syndicated columnist, and he is a keynote speaker. I'm excited to have you on. Bruce, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I started my career as a trial lawyer because I wanted to use law uh, as a tool for social change. And after about 25 years of beating up people or them beating (laughs) up me, I decided to go into the nonprofit sector and I ran a major regional office of a national nonprofit organization uh, here in the Mountain West for about nine or 10 years. And it was there that I I learned how to raise money. And I began to work with philanthropists And George, one of the things that really surprised me was that really well-intentioned, really smart, really good people who wanted to make a difference in the world, when it came to their philanthropy, they were often disorganized and rarely strategic. So about 10 years ago, I opened up this uh, consulting practice called the Dabosky Group, hence my, my last name, and we're philanthropic strategists. And we help people get organized and more strategic with their philanthropic investments. On a personal note, I have four sons, ages 32 to 11. uh, And we watch a lot of baseball. We play a lot of baseball. And uh, we love the mountains of Colorado. And we're concerned about climate change. And I think that's all I'll say for now. I appreciate that very much. So... Oftentimes, some of the some of the most successful people that I speak with, they found themselves doing what they're doing because they recognized a problem and they said, "I think that I can help solve this problem." And and it sounds like that's been the case for you, working with probably what are very 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 successful people who have experienced a lot of success in in other aspects of their lives. Yet in their in their philanthropy, they're 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 not organized. That they don't necessarily have a process. Why? Why do you suppose that that is? Well, you know, we call ourselves the the fourth leg of the planning table, George. And and here's why. Folks with um, um, some accumulated assets or wealth uh, almost always have a wealth wealth manager or a financial advisor. Uh, They almost always have a tax advisor. And they almost always have an estate plan and an estate planner. And all three of those experts are essential for putting together um, a a cohesive and practical and smart um, uh, uh, plan for managing your assets. But 
Rarely are those experts, the wealth manager, the tax advisor, and the legal advisor, also experts in philanthropic strategy. So we work with those three experts to complete the, the planning so that philanthropy can be part of someone's uh, work uh, during their lives and, um, and, of course, in their estate plan after they're gone. Got it. Well, I, I appreciate that. So it's just a matter of these are folks that that are pretty well, pro- probably very well planned out. It's just that they're maybe not having all the conversations about what they really want to see happen from a from a giving standpoint. Yeah, I mean, most people have historically viewed philanthropy really as a transactional relationship. Okay, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find a nonprofit and I'm gonna write them a check. And that's the transaction. Hmm. And what we do is we help turn that transactional relationship into a transformational relationship. Transformational not only because with planning and strategy and thought and due diligence, the donors will have more impact in the outside world, but transformational because they'll also have more impact in their own lives, in their own families, and in their own businesses if they engage in their philanthropy with the same rigor that they do with all of the rest of their investments and planning. So that's a huge opportunity. We've seen lives and families uh, transformed with philanthropy becoming becoming one of the cornerstones of what they do and 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 how they walk and how they talk and how they how they live. Um, tr- uh, philanthropy is a remarkably powerful tool not only, as I say, to change the world, but also to, to live the life that you want to live according to your values and to pass more than your money on to your heirs. And, you know, listening to this, that makes all the sense in the world, right? <laughs> it's just a matter of, is it, what is it that, that then stops people from doing this? Is it not asking the right questions? Well, I think it's it's partly... Um, assuming they know how to be a good philanthropist. Okay. And, 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 and a lot of people do great jobs. I mean, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, they go see a wealth manager to manage their assets and a tax advisor to do their taxes and help them uh, plan tax strategy and an estate planner to do their estate plan. And the same is true with philanthropy. Philanthropy is sophisticated. It's challenging. You're trying to solve some of the world's most intractable problems. And you could use the help of an expert. And, you know, when I started this work 10 years ago, George, there weren't very many of us doing it. There were, you know, uh, there are philanthropic advisors or philanthropic strategists mostly on the coasts. But increasingly in the last decade, this field has grown because people uh, who want to do really good things in the world realize that just as as any other field, it requires expertise to do it well. It's more than just writing a check, especially if you want to make a difference in your own family or in your own business. To do that well, to do it right, and to have the most internal impact, you need help. And uh, the better you do internally, the better impact you can have externally out there in the world. Yeah, well, I certainly see the I see the potential for that. Okay, so it's it's first and foremost you have to really understand what it takes to be a good philanthropist, and that it is it's 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 
no different than becoming good at anything. It requires you understanding. There's there, there's skill to it. There's there's information. That there's there's rules. All that stuff. That's not a very ele- that's not a very elegant way to describe it. But and then it's a matter of of putting it into action and and then involving the family and keeping it going. It's all these things. It's all those things. Think about it this way, George. When 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 you make an investment in real estate, you 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 do a tremendous amount of research before you make that investment. The same as if you invest in a business, or even if you invest in this in stocks and and in the stock market, right? You do due diligence. It's an investment for financial return. Philanthropy is an investment, but it's for a social return. It's not a financial return. You're not going to get your money back. But it's a different kind of return, but it still requires the same kind of due diligence that should be applied to all of your investments. It's a sophisticated investment to try to make a difference in the world and a difference for yourself and to do it thoughtfully and strategically and with research and due diligence enhances the chances of a successful outcome exponentially. I I appreciate that. And that that again, all, all certainly makes sense. So let's let's think that the answer is like anything else working with a professional advisor like yourself um, is probably the the appropriate first step. Let, let's assume that, that 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 somebody's engaged with you. How do you get started with them? Well, typically we're engaged by the with the wealth creator. Okay. Whether that's G1, G2, G3 or G4 whatever. It's the person who has either created the wealth or has inherited wealth. And so what we really try to do is answer two questions. Um, One question is, what difference do you want to make in your community or your country or your world? The external lens, right? And that involves a series of, of, we have a series of techniques and approaches, (coughs) excuse me, um, that we use to help tease that out. And then the second question, though, is equally important, and I've referred to it already, and that is, what difference do we want to make for ourselves? And as quickly as we can, we try to bring into that conversation and the external conversation other stakeholders in the family, whether it be a spouse, whether it be uh, uh, children, adult, rising, rising generation, could be grandchildren, or it could go the other way. It could be children engaging the parents and the grandparents. Uh, from the, it depends who really is initiating the effort to bring more philanthropic planning and strategy into the family. We work with families where the wealth creators are elderly and want to pass more than values on, or more than money on to their their kids and and grandkids. And we work with some families where it's the grandkids who are engaging the parents and the grandparents to understand their values, to con- to continue and enhance their legacy and to make a difference in the world and for their family. So we start really with trying to get into the answers to those two questions. And from there, we begin to develop a mission statement. Mission statements, it turns out, are, are great tools for families and for philanthropy because they not only enable the donor to, to, to know what to say yes to, they also enable the donor to know what to say no to, because with a million and a half nonprofit organizations out there in the United States today, it's important to be able to say no. 
so that you can you can go deep, you can make a difference, you can really focus where you think you can have the biggest impact. And that's that's I, I would imagine that that's such an empowering thing uh, because yeah, it's I think it's it's essential to know what you want to say yes to, but I think it's so valuable to be able to have the confidence and to say, you know, we've, 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 we've taken the time and the steps to develop our mission statement. And while we value your organization and your organization's mission, it's not, it's not in line with, with what, or it's just not a top priority for what our family mission statement is. So I think that that's such a valuable thing in terms of that. And by the way, you said that perfectly. The only thing I would add is that, you know, with a million and a half nonprofit organizations out there, most of them are doing important, compelling, great work, right? And it's hard to say no, sure. because there's a lot of causes out there that all of us are drawn to. But when you focus with a mission statement, you can have more impact and you can you can guide your philanthropic journey. It's sort of a roadmap enabling you again to say yes and to say no and and make more of a difference. Yeah, I think that's excellent. Going back to those 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 two questions, what what difference do you want to make from an external standpoint? But then, what difference do you want to make for ourselves? I would assume that that sometimes it's tough to get people to answer number two. Or am am am, am I wrong about that? Um, I I I would say I that's that's not so hard. I mean, okay. it, it's not where everybody starts. <laughs> Right. Everybody starts with the external question. Yeah. Heck, when I when I started this business 10 years ago, right, this consulting practice, I only focused on the external. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I quickly realized that I was missing this important piece, which is the internal. And um, ultimately, when people begin to think about their lives and the difference that they make, you know, it all boils down to family at some point, right? And, and raising kids or grandkids in a way that you feel proud of, that they're out there in the world, you know, acting in a way that, that, that you feel good about, that they're making a difference, they're following their own passion and their own path. So ultimately, when we sit down with families and wealth creators, and we talk about these internal questions, they turn up to be just about as important, if not more important, than the external question, because that's the place where, where people can have the greatest impact is within their own family. Got it. I appreciate that. Well, Bruce, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I, I, I think I think I have a, I have several suggestions okay. that I'd love your, your listeners to think about. One is this idea we've talked about which um, is these two questions. Yes, think about what difference you want to make in the world or in your community more narrowly. Um, and, and think about um, you know, what organizations are out there that can really help you achieve your mission. But also add that second question and really begin the conversation within yourself and within your family about what difference you want to make for yourself. So that would be my first suggestion. My second question or suggestion would be to, as I said earlier, think about your philanthropy as an investment and think about applying similar expertise and due diligence to your philanthropic investment as you do with your financial investments. Just recognize that the return on that investment is going to be different than the financial return. And then third, um, I, I would say is, is, is to think about your 
philanthropic capital, that money which you've decided to give away, and whether or not you've put it in a donor advised fund or you've created a private foundation, think about it holistically and try to achieve your mission not only from the the grant making, the gifts that you make, but also with the investments that you make. Say, for example, you're 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 interested in 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 climate change, just as an example. You know, you can invest in clean tech and alternative energy in ways that help you achieve your philanthropic mission also with your financial mission. So you can have a double bottom line, not only a financial return, but a social return from your investments. The the concept of impact investing applied to philanthropic capital is a topic, George, we could have a whole other conversation about. But I wanted to put that out there for people to to begin to ask the question, where is, where is our money spending the night? And especially your philanthropic capital, whatever it is that you've decided to give it away, what impact is it having in the world and how can you align your investments with your philanthropic mission? That's a lot to consider, but those are my, my three biggest suggestions that I would make to your listeners. Well, I think that that is all great stuff. It definitely gets, come on, come on. And Bruce, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, our website is www.deboskigroup.com. And on that website are all kinds of uh, resources, including all of the columns that I've written, uh, over 100 columns on strategic philanthropy that have been uh, part of our national syndication in newspapers around the country and beyond. Um, and that's where I would suggest people to go, D-E-B-O-S-K-E-Y group.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bruce your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to deboskygroup.com. It's D-E-B-O-S-K-E-Y group.com. I'll list that in the notes of the show as well. Thank you again, Bruce. Thanks very much for the opportunity, George. I enjoyed it very much. And until next time. Keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.